0: In this episode, Dr. Rob and Corey Davis talk about major depression, SSRIs, electroshock therapy, amino acids, self-help and improvement, and Lyme disease. Can I record?
1: You should be able to. I, I me- am. I'm recording. All right. Man. It's crazy,
0: buddy. Uh, if my mm-hmm. hard drive space fills up, I think... Uh...
1: I got to start uploading those. I haven't done it in a while, but I'll batch them and then send them up there.
0: Cool, man. Yeah, it was, um, so it was continuing education every year it's pretty stringent actually to get continuing education credits now because we have a new college. Uh, we have Kono, uh, the college of natural, uh, the college of naturopathy of Ontario. <laughs> okay. and, uh, okay. <laughs> it's a new college and their, um, the requirements are crazy. So, um, we have category right. a, which is sort of like specific credits in different courses. And then we have category B, which is a little bit more open-ended uh-huh. and there's all these different requirements, but this is a pretty cool, weekend. It was on mental health. Mm. And there were some pretty good speakers, I thought some good information. Um, Would you rather yeah. talk about
1: that than leaky gut?
0: No, definitely fresh. not. I don't want no? I know. I've had my fair share of mental health. I, <laughs> uh, although that's it's a good topic. We could discuss mental yeah. health at some point. That'd be pretty. Cool. Yeah.
1: It, it's, it's a personal one for me, because that was how I first experienced major illness was major depression when I was like 19, 20 years old. Yeah. And that's what caused me to get into natural health.
0: No way. Mm
1: -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was on like main pharmaceutical drugs, you know. I even did electroconvulsive therapy, believe that. Wow. Electroshock, 12 sessions of that, and I was like 22. Because they had no therapy for me. They like tried SSRI after SSRI. None of them worked. They're just like, well, you know, this is what we have next. Yeah. They hooked me up. It lasted for about three days, and then just went back to my depressed state. So it was
0: depression. It was like a major depressive episode, like major, major depression.
1: Yeah. For years, for like six for years. years yeah.
0: yeah. When did it start?
1: It started when I was 19. I had like a major life event. Like my all my friends changed. My girlfriend left me. I moved to Florida and just like dropped out of college basically to join a startup. Yeah. And um, cool. yeah, it just created a perfect environment for me to go through that depressive episode. So yeah, wow. which is basically saying like I can't do this anymore. There's nothing left for me here in the mainstream treatment of of uh, depression. So started changing my diet. Started following Garden of Life. I read Patient Heal Thyself and Andrew Weil. Those are my first yeah. two books. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Risk history.
0: Wow. Yeah man. Um, what? So I'm curious. Uh, maybe we should get into this. I don't know. This is like a really. It's funny because we were just taught I was just sit, literally sitting in a classroom just you know, for eight hours for two days on it. But
2: uh,
0: I am curious, like when it happens for that long over years, what what compelled you to actually make that shift to start looking for, let's say self help, because I think that's the big key. So part of what we were talking about, and it does lead into depression, but suicide, Mm -hmm. that was a big topic. And I actually thought that was a pretty gutsy move um, to discuss that in such an open way at this conference. Mm -hmm. But People just, you know, you're going through something devastating that's affecting your, your, the way you live your day. How did you, how did you, what popped in your, how did you make that change, just that small change to even just look, even to consider, hey, I might wanna change Mm -hmm. something or I might wanna see if there's a way out or a way to improve?
1: I think it was, it was fortunately an influence for my uncle he for some reason started getting into natural health and he pointed me to dr Weil. so he made the first link in my mind which was like food can cause a difference in your physiology right and when i understood depression from a physiological perspective i started reading some books on it and um none of them necessarily were natural health but i think there there was something showing that there was you know kind of a connection at least loosely and um So I think it was just the concept that I could change my physiology, that that's possible. It was like this little seed of an idea. yeah. And um, yeah, and it was just, that drove me to then get to go onto Amazon basically and search for like every book possible on the treatment of depression and and, uh, mental illness in general using nutrient therapies. And that included amino acids, right? Synthetic single amino acids. Those were transformative for like an immediate relief but they didn't provide any long-term, like I can't still take, you know, glutamine or methionine every right. day and expect like it to get antidepressive benefits. And I don't really no. know how that whole thing works, but it did like front load my neurotransmitters to, yep. right, to get some relief um, yep. right off the bat. So that made me think, okay, there's something to this. If I can take this pill and then feel a complete mood shift the next day, there's something here. Um, so I just kind of just kept following that trail, you know, bit by bit. Were you vegan, by the way, for a while? No, I no. am now, but right now. Okay. I wasn't then. Yeah, I love it now. Yeah. But what, what about
0: protein in general? Were you protein deficient at that point in your life or, or no? I
1: don't know. I don't know if I had a test to actually detect that. I well, was di- definitely diet-wise. Di- 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 I mean, even oh, just looking no? from a
0: bird's eye view, like, would you?
1: Oh, no, I wouldn't say so. I mean, I've eaten meat most every day, even like really great meats. Like I switched to sardines and kippered herring and, you know, yeah. all the- Loaded with omega-3 fat fish mm. that I could find at the time, right? Which I still eat now. I love it. <laughs> as a vegan, I still eat fish every now and again.
2: Yeah.
1: And because um, I'm not a vegan, I'm just somebody who tries to eat as many whole plant food. Just a Portland uh, hipster possible, trying to live his life. Because yeah. I want to be cool. Everybody thinks yeah. vegans are cool here. So I do what everybody thinks is cool. That's right. And uh, <laughs> As you should. So I don't even like coffee. I just drink it because that's what one does so <laughs>
0: I'll will you'd be a leader in society i mean that's just which we works. still
1: need to talk about canadian whiskey we didn't talk about that in our last whiskey chapter by the way so oh we'll, we'll talk man, i would
0: love to do that, talk about that someday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there we go maybe um, that's our next venture to start a distillery that would be what a smart move that would be
1: <laughs> compete with the existing canadian whiskey market. yeah, oh, yeah that'd, that'd, that'd be such a really smart, smart move. move we'll definitely win yeah <laughs> so um Okay, let me go back to the what was the original question? I don't I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> no, we were was, talking oh, about protein deficiency. Yeah.
0: You were talking about amino acids and how that kind of made you feel better, no. but temporary.
1: Yeah. I was really. actually so I had Lyme disease the whole time, right? Like that was right, that, I that was the fundamental problem. Was Lyme, bacteria, eats your vitamin D, it eats your collagen, it uh, minimizes I also had like a pyral disorder, right? So this is like the inability for enough. B6 and zinc to be able to conjugate all the, I guess the byproduct of building red blood cells. So I had like Mm -hmm. that building up. I have a phase two liver issue called Gilbert syndrome. So it was like this crazy mix of stuff that there's no way I could have known at the time, but I was like just self-treating through diet and some supplements and then, you know, creating some interesting outcomes. Like all of a sudden taking D for the first time, vitamin D and being like, whoa, like it's a (laughs) whole different reality right now. Like it was, it was a major shift. Yeah. Um, and then just getting tests through people like you, like it was the naturopaths in my world that unlocked those next steps, those keys to keep revealing instead of just shooting in the dark and being like, hey, when I'm taking this amino acid, I feel totally different. What's up? You know, the, the naturopaths in my life have been able to give me those answers. Oh, well, let's do a test and let's figure it out. Um, yeah. So it's been, you know, it's been like 10 years <laughs> really in recovery since that point at, at 19 years old.
0: Yeah. You. So you're still kind of like. Would you? If you stop, will will you revert back? Like, how? how are? How? How have you been able to kind of progress? Like, how is? How is it? And how long did it take to really kind of? Because depression can last for years, for sure. Yeah. Can be lifelong. Actually. Yeah.
1: I really don't get depression much anymore now. I'd say within the last uh, year, um, that's pretty much gone away altogether. Um, After switching to just a more, believe it or not, vegan diet gives me like tons of extra energy
2: yeah and you know
1: what like nutrition only took me so far yeah it's really like mindfulness meditation like yeah changing your thoughts like at a really deep fundamental level and beliefs that was really the next chapter for where natural health the holistic model uh you know allowed me to really transcend that condition so much more than just food alone could
0: i think that it that is absolutely the point uh, for sure, mm-hmm. when it comes to any mental illness, no supplement on earth, no you know, no nutrition regimen can possibly come close to that. But it can give you the tools to help you get there, and it can give you the self awareness. I mean, just to make that step to improve your nutrition, I mean, you're gonna feel different. You're gonna have energy. You might sleep better, so you might get into that state. But ultimately, yeah,
1: I mean, if you but you don't have that fundamental biochemistry, like let's say you have a vitamin D deficiency, you probably will never not be depressed right. unless you address that. So I think that. I'm, I'm so grateful that there are tests out there, that we live in an era that you can yeah. go out and get a, a, a vitamin D test uh, or a protein analysis, you know, to know if you're just deficient in a certain amino acid and who knows, it can be thrown yeah. off your tryptophan conversion into serotonin, you know, melatonin, et cetera. Yeah. So I'm just, yeah, I, I How think long w- if you take care of that first, yeah, everything else is just icing on time.
0: How long were you on medication for? And you, you said you switched from different medications
1: yeah, yeah, so I started when I was 19. Um, I just went to a regular practitioner, just a standard doctor that was my primary care physician, and he put me on a yeah. And Oh, uh, yeah,
0: that's that's a pretty it rough was, one, actually.
1: It was rough, it was really powerful. It like basically just threw me into an entire like a manic fit, right? Just like didn't need to sleep anymore. I had uh, a <laughs> A weird, like, erection byproduct symptom it was, like I just said, nonstop erections. See, that's our next topic right to there, right? sexual enhancement. That's, <laughs> yeah. I mean. Effects are. Listen. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Mania. If you want to feel like a maniac. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And then that's not sleep for a month and then crash down, I, I recommend it. <laughs> that's what happened to me. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, I went through, yeah, and then they just went, that's what they do, right? Then they go, okay, that didn't work. Let's try, you know, um, Prozac. Let's try Wellbutrin. Let's try all mm-hmm. these other ones. And they just yeah. went down through the list and every one I would like, it was weird. I, was, I, was, I responded differently than most of the people. I would take the pill and literally that day be like, whoa, I can feel this working in my body. And they're like, nope, not possible. You just have a <laughs> psychosomatic thing going on. That takes Perfect. two weeks for you to feel. And I'm like, all right. I I, didn't, I don't know what to tell you. And then it's like placebo. within, yeah, well, I don't know, within two weeks, it would have already gone through its curve of like, I felt better on it. And then it already had been like, I don't feel anything. And it, in fact, I feel negative being mm-hmm. on this thing. So it was just like this continual until they went through every SSRI and they went through the tricyclics even, which is the older forms of antidepressants and nothing worked because they were trying to address the symptom. It wasn't a serotonin thing, you know, it was
0: it was like a chronic fatigue, complex. wasn't it? It wasn't yeah, really yeah. necessarily depression in the way that they place depression in a box. It was kind of
1: yeah, yeah. It was a whole body experience. It was a total cellular breakdown. Like you we're saying, there was not enough ATP uh, being created in the cells. There was not enough. Just my whole metabolism was was gone. You know, sluggish, mm-hmm. adrenals, everything, right? And it needed a whole body practitioner to truly solve the problem. But I was Step going back. through yeah, yeah. To step back and look at like well let's look at your lifestyle i mean i was going to therapy of course and the talk therapy was not effective i'm like you know what i think my thoughts are pretty good you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think, I, I think i'm pretty in, good you know i'm in check i'm good i'm in check there yeah exactly like even my therapists are like you don't have any issues to talk about I'm like no this is not an issue driven thing this is a biochemistry. something you feel just tell them yeah. i just knew something was off in my biochemistry <laughs>
0: episode, Dr. Rob and Corey Davis talked about anxiety and depression supplements. And are they really
1: worthwhile? And that, yeah. that question haunted me like, what is off? I just kept saying that like every day, like I know something's off. And um, that obsession basically led me to, you know, find alternative ways, right? And ultimately, yeah. um, a health food store, and I just got to try every supplement in the store and see what. So happened.
0: that's what I was gonna ask you about. So what supplements have you tried? And, and what was sort of your feeling?
1: oh my god i mean i've tried most everything under the sun and so i can wrap it up like this like if somebody's gonna take an amino acid based therapy for depression or for anxiety relief uh you're gonna get temporary benefits it's gonna be a really nice like look at that like your antidepressant drug almost yeah these these are synthetic amino acids they're non-natural most of them unless they come from human hair or or uh bristles or yeah what is it hogs bristles what's another natural source for amino acids another one is Um, uh, anyway (laughs) yeah they come from oh duck's feathers so you don't necessarily want to take amino acids single synthetic or synthetically processed amino acids long term
0: right They don't
1: really fix the problem right Rob they just like kind of they feel just like an antidepressant drug makes more serotonin happen in the gap almost like these amino acids do a similar thing they just artificially put more stuff in your metabolism than ought be when your body should be finding a way to take the protein from your diet and then put it there itself. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And, um, and then I took a bunch of um, like, there's the dopamine, right? Maybe I thought I had a dopamine issue and I um, wasn't No. And then, yeah, it would give me some kind of temporary feeling of difference, but you know, it wouldn't last long term because it was just another symptom management. Wasn't pool. getting to the
0: root of the problem. That's right. Yeah. I wasn't getting to do no. the
1: problem. So, I spent so much time in that symptom realm and I took like NADH and yeah. uh, CoQ10, um, which, which CoQ10 was like a phenomenal shift. It, it was strange. Like, I really, for about a month, I felt so calm and just better.
0: Well, I mean, from that, that one, from the ATP standpoint, makes a lot of sense. You mm-hmm. know, to actually get that energy metabolism, CoQ10 being like one of the final steps mm-hmm. where you use the, um, those hydrogen molecules, like to pump out ATP. CoQ10 can be a really good one for that. Yeah. Same with NADH. That's an interesting
1: one. Um, yeah. It's just a, a metabolite from the ATP conversion that your body needs as fuel.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: It really worked for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, SAMe, I was a huge fan of that for a while. It felt really well, really nice to be on SAMe. Um, and this is um, methionine basically that's been stabilized into a form that's uh, Kind of converted metabolically for all those who haven't taken it or have thought of using SAMe. It's it's a powerful antidepressant, anti-anxiety function. It also helps your joints because it's got a lot of methyl, yeah, methyl donors in it, right? And um, but if you're bipolar, it actually can make you go through manic episodes. You have to really be careful using that. Um, and also the way they stabilize it is incredibly chemically problematic. I mean, it's it's pretty much the closest thing in natural health to a. A pharmaceutical drug that I've inter- interacted with.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They're it nasty. is. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah, through the St. Gamut. John's War. St. John's her- War. Did yeah. that for a while, like felt a little bit of a lift, but it wasn't again, really hitting
2: like, the symptom
1: management. Yeah, like it's amazing how much I've mm-hmm. I've discovered that um mm-hmm. actually magnesium, you know, magnesium, zinc, D three. Uh, sometimes yeah. taking multivitamin when I'm just not eating super red. Those things were more corrective when used long term than any of these temporary beneficial elements like herbal controls or
2: yeah.
1: or um, amino acid controls ever ever were. You know, in that long run, I think that so that's a really good point because that's where those supplements. Mind you,
0: they're not some of them really aren't like sort of textbook recommendations. But let's mm-hmm. say for. Lyme disease, fibromyalgia, chronic disease, like that whole, that kind of like envelope there, yeah. uh, where obviously depression can really unfold, pain, uh, yeah. did, you have, a, did you have, did you have, is fibromyalgia, those fibromyalgia ish kind of a uh, scene part of what you experienced or no,
1: no, fortunately not. I mean, I did yeah. have all the joint pains because of course Lyme uh, affects your joints massively through its own kind of toxic outputs, but also it eats yeah. that collagen, right? But other than that no i didn't have the the typical fibromyalgia or the you know the pain components lucky yeah in that se. sense. i know it's very fortunate yeah
0: yeah but it's funny those supplements you mentioned kind of are more supporting immune response not so much like the way st john's work works to sort of elevate you up it's sort of it's completely different so it's not surprising mm-hmm. now looking back why it didn't really work as well for you yeah but yeah In this episode, Dr. Rob and Corey Davis talk about chronic disease, including some root causes such as adrenal and thyroid functions, and they touch on Lyme disease and chronic fatigue syndrome how did you finally realize that it was Lyme? I mean, obviously, you went, how did you think to test for Lyme? Because, because this is something where a lot of people don't realize they should look into it. I think yeah. the, the chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, it's really difficult for a lot of doctors to, they don't, leave, they don't think of that as the diagnosis. So they never really go down that avenue.
1: Yeah. They have right heard away, reference to it as a trash can diagnosis. I don't know if you've heard that term.
0: Yep. Yep. It's just, it's not, and you know, usually like they'll recommend the path of psychotherapy and, but mm-hmm. they don't really go so much in terms of, well, definitely not the natural approach, but they don't, they don't usually go towards something like a fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue,
2: mm-hmm. Lyme
0: disease type of scenario. So then you wouldn't get treated that way, supporting the immune response, inflammation, the adrenals, you don't end up really getting any of that support. Um, mm-hmm. Aside from mental, emotional, definitely, which obviously mm-hmm. helps helped out a lot in your case yeah and in a lot of people's cases
1: yeah absolutely and um f- yeah for me i was fortunate Crazy. to work in a health food store where a ton of people yeah. were coming in every day like saying lot. here's what i'm dealing with you know and i was and confronting like, hmm. diseases i've never heard of before i'm like well, that let me do some familiar. research on that yeah so then one day this woman came in it was the first time i've been there for two and a half years this is almost at the very end of my tenure managing a health food store And this woman came in complaining of these symptoms and she laid them out. I'm just like, I was like aghast. I'm like, this exactly matches what I'm dealing with. And I've never, you know, interacted with someone to that level of of, of, uh, compliance, uh, of similarity. So I sought out a Lyme literate medical doctor in Springfield, Missouri, Columbia, Missouri, named Dr. Charles Christ. And he basically ran me through, he's an MD, who had just an alternative way of understanding how to test for this stuff, which of course there's a, a gene test that you can get, but it's not 100% accurate at this point, which is unfortunate. Right. So you also have to do a lifestyle analysis and they have this weird vision test and other things that they do that they put me through and it was, it was pretty strong. So then I went oh. on a bunch of antibiotics for years. I was taking different rounds of antibiotics and Nystatin, which is an antifungal and um, slowly wow. bit by bit, man. Yeah. Yeah, that was actually during my beginning of new chapter when we first met. I was still yeah. being treated for lawn, uh using using ethanol. I remember
0: you you mentioned that when we met in we met in Chicago and you had mentioned that actually,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, <laughs> kind of an interesting thing to mention on the first meeting. But yeah, actually that was crazy. <laughs> yeah, we were like we, we dove right deep into that. Uh, totally. It was nuts.
1: <laughs> yeah, <totally. laughs> and it's been a recovery ever since. You know, I mean, I, I'm way better now. That's than so I was good. Been. Oh yeah, I mean, who knows where I'll be next? You know.
0: It's funny, like looking at you, you'd never know. Nobody would. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah. a lot of people, it's a long, long yeah. battle sometimes. Huge struggle for a lot of people. And you're right. It's funny, working in health food stores, because I worked in retail as well. I worked in a health food store for about two years mm. while paying for books and food in school. Yeah, man. And now, of course, as you and I, we've been to so many health food stores. And we've seen so many people. It's, it mm-hmm. really is way, way, way more common than people think. Mm-hmm. People are walking out feeling horrible, they're walking around feeling horrible, but they have no idea. They don't consider that as a path that they should consider maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they never get treated for it.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's important to, if you're just feeling like your mainstream medical practitioner isn't giving you all the answers is to, to seek out more, you know, more resources, more people to interact with, you know, don't depend on just one physician, uh, always get a second opinion if something just doesn't feel right. Or just in general, I think that's a, a good rule of thumb. Right. I mean, recommend for anybody especially if they're going through a depressive protocol is um so many people have a different perspective and my understanding now having gone through so many different kinds of depression i mean i feel like i've been through like eight flavors or brands of really? depression yeah because it could be like one time i had adrenal fatigue that caused a depression that was absolutely categorically just like, um, Burnt like out. catatonic almost you know yeah.
2: yeah
1: i've gone through a thyroid right i have to take armor thyroid every now and again um that was caused know like a lime thing right so there's a thyroid based version of depression right there's a d3 deficiency version of depression there's there's a low iron version of depression and yes sometimes it's difficult for one practitioner to get that entire spectrum of possibility in Um, so -hmm. i think that yeah alternative health is is doing an amazing job at truly finding like what you're saying going past the symptom management of just giving something like a single amino acid instead addressing the core problem of what's broken in the metabolism it's making the symptom occur. Depression is a yeah. symptom it's not it's not a thing itself, you know right how
0: did you how did you consider Lyme disease or your doctor? Yeah. How, was, how did that come up after so many years?
1: so so it was that yeah, that lady came into the health food store, she said her symptoms were Lyme, and it was interesting like I think if there would have been, let's say like a, I was selling a lot of Sol ray, uh, single yeah. herbs, new chapter at the time, you know and yeah. there was never like a Lyme disease herbal No, blend, no right? no. <laughs>
2: But I think if there was one, I would have no. taken
1: it and been like, "Whoa, I feel something here." Whatever. Yeah. But um, it took a woman having that experience, and then me going online and researching other people that had that a similar experience, and watching their videos, and just going, "Oh my god, that's I didn't me!" even know this existed, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, what would be your advice to most people? I mean, what would be your advice, knowing what you went through, if, if you if you could speak to other people walking through a health food store just feeling horrible?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, mm-hmm. What, what would what would you tell them?
2: Mm.
1: In terms find of, find you know, the geeks and the nerds. <laughs> I was, you know, I, I helped people in my health food store. I, I was such a resource, as I'm sure you were too, Rob, to not be really partial to selling brands just because they came in and trained me and like just started throwing a single therapy yeah. at everything. Yeah. Like I really tried to find the tools and understand these people's metabolism and and anatomy and physiology from just a lay perspective that I could. And it's it's the people in health food stores that um care enough to geek out over that stuff. You yeah. Know, instead of just show you where a thing is like a category, but are willing to like go into the details. Like if you see them grab a product and start talking on the back that seems like it's something over your head. <laughs> probably which probably I used to do thing. all the time to people. It's probably yes. a good thing. I'd say that person really cares to know about yeah. how this stuff works and how it's gonna affect your health. Um ultimately I don't think these people are practitioners, but they can be really important guides to at least start shifting your mind around like, huh? maybe I can ask a different question or seek out a naturopath or something that would, a resource that would um, look at this differently, you know, the way that health is so <laughs>
0: So Dr. Rob and Corey Davis focus on those science nerds or research evidence-based people, specifically on mental health and isolated nutrient supplements. Yeah, it's funny because I've been around that too. I've been around both sides of the supplement world. You'll you'll have that sort of that person who is just so passionate, much like us. Mm-hmm. But there's there's the person who's super passionate, but they're sort of they'll they'll tell people that they're a literature junkie. A mm. science junkie, a science nerd, and that can' they're, they're presenting that as a good thing, which it can be you know it shows that they're evidence based and they're researching and they're passionate about it, so they have that enthusiasm behind it. but I also find that that type of a person is often can get so reductionistic is is mm. sort of a pathway nerd yeah so they're looking at the biochemical pathways. And they'll say, well, you need this isolated nutrient for this and that isolated mm-hmm. nutrient for that. So you're sort of mm-hmm. trying to mimic what pharmaceutical drugs do, but in the natural health world, and it can have merit, but I just find with something as complex as, well, really anything to do with chronic disease, especially when you're, t- when you're talking about Lyme disease, depression, um, anything inflammation wise, food sensitivity wise, and we were going to chat about leaky gut today, but either all of that. Mm-hmm it's so much more complex than any one pathway. And that's why when you give single isolate nutrients, they don't typically work as well for chronic disease situations Mm. that I think perspective goes a long way too, with those, with those type of people, they're passionate, they're Mm. science nerds, but what is their philosophy about health and you know, but again, that's also the difference between walking into a health food store and getting medical advice kind of. Yeah. And then, Going there, getting an opinion, sort of maybe having a guide, but then literally going to your practitioner, somebody yeah. that you, you know, who has that real background, who could literally
1: evaluate your case. But yeah, you know, even health you... can lead you in incredibly wrong directions. Like you're saying, yeah. if they're a reductionist, if they're looking at the body as a, as a, as a pathway system that is, there's isolated pathways that don't, you know, uh, work together as a major system, then yeah. yeah, you're just going to potentially break more things. Um, yeah. So just
0: I because you know where the sulfur compounds fit in a pathway doesn't mm-hmm. mean that that just taking one compound is going to be your best way of detoxing because it boosts a certain phase or whatever.
2: Mm-hmm. You really
0: have to step back and look at the person as a whole. And then then mm-hmm. you get that real complex approach. But on the on the flip side, to play devil's advocate, all t- way, way too many times people go in to see their medical doctor and they they only spend somewhere around seven minutes in that visit. Mm -hmm. And they come in, they don't get that holistic approach. So what's the natural, the path of least resistance is to just walk into a health food store and try and get the most you can out of that visit. So somewhere in the middle, you have to sort of learn how to be the CEO of your own health while getting expert advice, but then also looking into it from a much broader perspective.
1: I like that perspective. Self-medication requires self-education. And even though you can depend on people, even your practitioners, like I had many wise practitioners, Rob. Uh, one naturopath in Missouri that was the most highest recommended person you know she she didn't even find my Lyme disease I worked with her for a year and we did everything that she knew she was very used to working with chronic she did a lot of testing with food sensitivities which was a phenomenal (laughs) resource for helping heal the gut and to heal my immune system that was a Mm -hmm. great tool but she never thought about Lyme disease so I could have got if, if I just trusted one practitioner uh, throughout the entire process and didn't trust myself to know like, okay, I've made some improvements, but there's still something off, you know, yeah. I needed to take an executive decision. I wouldn't have sought out those other resources. For yeah. sure. It's,
0: it's tough. Anytime you're dealing with anything mental health wise, it's, it's mm-hmm. really tough. It requires mm-hmm. often, especially when it comes to, I mean, you know, they're measured sort of stages of depression and so forth, mm-hmm. but often you need a team behind you. And then, mm-hmm so many times people are misdiagnosed. And then something like Lyme, Lyme disease is so, a lot of practitioners don't even think about it. I mean, now it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's uh, I think it's getting much better. Yeah, Because it's, you know, the media sort of picked up on it now.
1: Mm-hmm. Probably yeah, because, right. yeah. Celebrities are talking about it, thank goodness. You know, I know um, mm-hmm. the daughter of Ozzy um, Osbourne, Kelly Osbourne, she yeah came out recently saying that that was something she was cured of. I don't know if there's a cure yet, but you can definitely put it into remission well yeah yeah it's been it's been quite a journey and and i agree with you like um i think if somebody's dealing with mental health stuff you know having a team behind you um there may be some short gap stuff you can achieve with mainstream practitioners but Mm -hmm. i think mainstream medical doctors if they're not using a holistic model they're not going to be able to truly solve the problem you know that's that's just yeah that's my opinion is it takes it does, it takes a team, it takes somebody who can see the entire context of your life and your body to, to deal with something like depression.
0: I think so too, and I think that's why in the supplement world, when you're looking at supplements and there's so many different degrees of quality
2: mm-hmm.
0: and there's so many different, you know, to take a more holistic approach rather than just going to the micronutrient approach, thinking mm-hmm. that you could solve. I mean, you know, there's a lot of mm-hmm. research on, so during the continuing education weekend, we spoke a lot about different nutrients, DHA, for example, for depression, um, Mm -hmm. niacin, um, Mm -hmm. you know, but again, you might have some science behind it, you might have some studies. So there's merit in looking at it, for sure. Mm -hmm. But then you need, you always need to place the context of you into the picture. And I think that's where seeing a professional that can really look at your scope from a bird's eye view. And sometimes Mm -hmm. they don't get it right. Like as in your case, you know, you, you saw this person for a year and they, you know, they just weren't looking in the right spot. And I mean, it's complex. It's mm-hmm. a difficult situation, but you know, if somebody mm-hmm. needs DHA, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not because they have a DHA deficiency from lack of supplementation. It's because they're not eating fish. It's because we live in a in an in a era, first of all, where eating fish has never been less safe yeah. and depending where you get it from. And mm-hmm. also we just, a lot of us don't live by the ocean. We're not as fortunate. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I agree. There, there was for me and, you know, working as supplements coach and helping people put together some kind of supplement therapy to help at least begin their journey down that path. I've never found somebody was yeah responsive to just a single molecule. I'm like no, just like, that's it. Like, that's all I needed. You know, it just, just does, doesn't, yeah, it just doesn't, <laughs> never works that way. Doesn't, doesn't it. Exist. No. You
0: know, as mm-hmm. much as companies would like you to believe it, just, it doesn't, it doesn't no, work. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely.
2: No. True.
0: Cool.
1: cool so what else so was part respect? of, yeah, do you yeah. want to continue this uh, journey through depression or can we segue, we can segue into leaky gut, but that may take a lot of time, I don't know how much time. Yeah, about. do
0: you want to keep that as a separate episode or do you want to... Um, I think so. I mean, I, I think, think since so we've too. already
1: gone down this path, like we don't have I to go so. much longer, but There's I'd, love to, get your, yeah, I'd just love to get your perspective on um, interacting with depression if you want to give more um, to people. <laughs>
0: episode, Dr. Rob and Corey Davis dive into burnout syndrome, the cortisol curve, and how it relates to anxiety and depression. I
1: think, I think since so we've too. already gone down this path, like we don't have I to think go so. much longer, but I'd, m- love to no. get your, yeah. I'd just love to get your perspective on um, interacting with depression if you want to give more um, to people. It's funny, you know, dep- depression for me, I don't have a lot of experience
0: treating mm-hmm. depression, Mm-hmm. And especially treating somebody sort of like all the way through to really chart and sort of manage mm-hmm. them all the way through, I don't have a lot of experience with that anxiety, mm-hmm. depression, any mental illness It's just not mm-hmm. something that I've ever really um
1: and dove into yeah
0: really yeah i mean i've come uh, you know I, I've had people in my life who have suffered with mental illness for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so definitely, you know, I feel that, and I, I would love to be able to help those people and I have a knowledge, but my knowledge is based more broadly on, uh, the way I look at chronic disease and then how Mm -hmm. I would might, it might apply it to mental health in that way. Mm -hmm. But I don't have Mm -hmm. in terms of if somebody, you know, with a major depression came to, I, I, you'd have to, I'd have to work with a team. I I wouldn't, Mm -hmm. I don't think I'd feel comfortable with really just
2: going Mm -hmm. that
0: route with them. I don't think so.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, and often it can be lifelong and it's complex and Mm -hmm. depending how severe, of course, uh, burnout, you know, adrenal burnout syndrome, thyroid, I'm very comfortable treating. But once it gets beyond that, uh, when it's, you know, something on the lines of, well, mind you, you were sort of misdiagnosed for many, many years. But if somebody yeah. really has, if they are dealing with bipolar, uh, mm-hmm. major anxiety, major depression.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't really know that I have that much to add, I, I would lean naturally into lifestyle and yeah. try and capitalize on that as much as i could in terms of their well-being and then anything mm-hmm. else would be reliant on the rest of the team.
1: Yeah. Well, let's let's segue like into that if you if you would. I think adrenal yeah. fatigue is something that's also very becoming popularly understood, is something that people need to kind of understand. And i think mm-hmm. it's really it's kind of nebulous, right? Like um, a lot of people are masking symptoms of adrenal fatigue if they are having something going on because of the For use sure. of stimulant drinks and I think the vast majority of people now are taking stimulants on a daily basis yeah. to get through the day. And um, I don't know, like if, Burnt if out. you're willing to, yeah, just yeah. step in there. Like, what do you think about that?
0: I, I, so like this this subject here, I'm way more comfortable talking about. Mm-hmm. For sure, burnout. So when you, let me see, how should I approach this?
2: Yeah. Uh, but
0: uh, No, really, I mean, you, all you need to do, you just... You could start and stop even just in the way that somebody wakes up. And but you know what? You know how I look, I look at it in terms of, so in terms of lifestyle, I look at it in a cycle of how you live your day out for the mm-hmm. most part. Mm-hmm. Because adrenal burnout. So there's stressors in our life for sure, and we're all affected by them. You know, we might feel anxious or depressed in one way or another. Or maybe not clinically, but we our emotions shift on a consistent basis, and you can get burnt out. But our adrenal glands, they pump out this stress hormone, cortisol, and other hormones as well.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Actually, you know, your, your uh, sex steroid hormones are all produced in the adrenal glands.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Testosterone, estrogen, uh, progesterone, all, all of them, they're, they're all produced through cholesterol and then you get these hormones. And one of them is cortisol, your stress hormone, you're supposed to wake up in the morning with cortisol high, your, your adrenal glands are supposed to naturally respond to stress when you wake up, jack cortisol up. And now you're supposed to have mm-hmm. this cortisol floating mm-hmm. in your, you know, throughout your body. You're supposed to be using it. It's very anti-inflammatory. It's very protective in many ways. But then as the day goes on, your cortisol is supposed to drop down naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Too much cortisol over a long period of time is also not healthy at all. Mm-hmm. That can contribute to chronic disease. So Mm -hmm. the body sort of goes through this natural cycle. It's supposed to be high in the morning. And then as the day goes on, it's supposed to come down. And of course, it makes sense because you're not supposed to be anxious or dealing with stress for the most part in the evening. You're supposed to sort of grab the bull by its horns in the morning, go for it all day. And then at night, you're supposed to kind of wind down. Even in the evening, really, we should be starting to wind down. It takes hours. You're supposed to wind down Mm -hmm. and naturally sort of ease up decompress and get ready to sleep and rest Mm
2: -hmm. and
0: that's of course why then your melatonin your major sleep hormone kicks up if there's an inverse relationship when cortisol drops melatonin hits up
2: Mm -hmm.
0: but then in terms of a lifestyle choices that can affect adrenal is that what you're talking about by the way is that the direction you wanted to go into like like yeah
1: like well the fact that adrenal adrenal fatigue can cause depressive symptoms right like you can really just feel like you're not yourself your memory doesn't work really well um, your personality can even shift. You sure. just don't you feel like snap. you can get out of bed. You snap. You're very stressed out.
0: Typical. So typical right? adrenal burnout when you're, let's say, in your 20s. Let's say you could handle certain situations no problem with ease, and then your 30s, 40s, 50s, it just gets worse over time. If the same situation mm-hmm. would arise, all of a sudden your threshold is much lower, and you snap at people. Mm -hmm. Typical, Mm -hmm. typical adrenaline. We're all like Mm -hmm. that. And Mm -hmm. nobody's foolproof no matter what they're doing with your diet. But of course, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of things you can do to help cope and
1: be stronger. Mm -hmm. Practice makes perfect. And a lot of lifestyle choices can help. Yeah. Like what, what in particular? And is there, is there something like, let's say drinking caffeine every day that will automatically put you in adrenal fatigue? I believe so. Is there a single behavior?
0: Yeah. uh, uh, Well, that for sure. Single behavior, how I would look at it is cyclical. So ideally, you want to be uh, at a high in the morning. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: When I say high, I mean like an energy high. You want to be Mm -hmm. stronger in the morning. And then in the evening, you want to be decompressing and more in a calm state. Mm
2: -hmm. So
0: you want to be in a more excitatory state in the morning and a calmer state at night. Mm -hmm. You have to try and do whatever you can. This is not medical advice. This is just human beings are supposed to have that. And so the idea behind any natural therapy for adrenal health it usually targets, usually tries to help a person get back to that state. And you can measure mm-hmm. that a few ways. One of the things I did a lot when I was in practice was I would do salivary cortisol tests, which you can measure mm-hmm. how your cortisol behaves. It should be highest in the morning and lowest at night. Maybe we could link up sort of like a cortisol chart. That would be helpful. Cool. Yeah. I think for a lot of people, but
2: mm-hmm.
0: you, the salivary cortisol test, what's useful about that. See, if you, if you take a blood test and you want to know where cortisol is at in the morning compared to night. That blood test is only going to show you where cortisol is at when you take that blood draw, yeah. Mm -hmm. But the rest of the day, it doesn't tell you anything, so it's Mm -hmm. kind of a useless test. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: The salivary test—you spit into a tube four different times of the day, and then it plots it on a curve, which I like much, much better. Mm -hmm. And so you want to do usually you'll do let's say a before and after. So you'll have a salivary horn. So if anybody's seeing an naturopathic doctor or somebody that can request a salivary cortisol test, they might want to look into this. Speak with your doctor about getting a salivary cortisol test before and after whatever treatment you go through. And you might be surprised to see that your cortisol is high, but later on in the day. It should be high in the morning. And a lot, yeah. another misconception that people have is they think that cortisol is bad. They think they should lower cortisol. No, not necessarily, cortisol is good, you need it. It's just, it's supposed to follow this typical curve. Sorry, on the viewpoint, it should be high in the morning and then low at night, that's how it should mm-hmm. look.
2: Mm.
0: So in terms of anything lifestyle that you do, you want to be making lifestyle decisions, usually, usually treatments that are uh, focused on adrenal health should be focused on trying to change a person's curve to reflect what it should be in a normal situation, which is highest in the morning, mm. and lowest the night, you want to keep that person strong in the morning and excitatory and uh, vibrant and able to handle the daily task and then calm at night. So you don't you. So going to caffeine, you don't want to be drinking caffeine at night. You don't, ideally for adrenal burnout syndrome, you don't want to be working out at night. You don't want to be doing things that are going to really be putting a lot of stress and that are very much excitatory at night. Energy drinks at night. That might be an obvious, but a lot of people don't consider that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, or in the yeah. afternoon in a way that's going to affect the night curve. For right? sure. Like, it takes you know. a long
0: time. Caffeine can stay in your system for a long time. Uh, I've mm-hmm. now reduced – so my, my second cup – Actually, both of my cups are about this big. Mind you, that Mm -hmm. looks kind of big, but it's a 200 fill. Yeah, it's not your Starbucks grande. Mm -hmm. That's what I'll usually have now twice a day.
1: Nice.
0: But everybody's different. I know that if I have a massive coffee, massive, let's say a 500 mil, like a Starbucks grande. If I have that at three o'clock and Mm -hmm. I'm tired beforehand, initially in the coffee, the sugar that I put in there, the honey, whatever I put in there is going to give me that little jolt. But by the time I get to the bottom of that cup, I'm ready to take a nap. Meanwhile, my heart is pounding out of my chest, <laughs> I'm anxious,
1: <Yeah. laughs> I'm usually stuck in traffic or something. <laughs> also, and you're like, that's whenever I feel like uh, I'm ready to, to flip on somebody is when I'm super high on caffeine and I'm in traffic. <laughs> and that's when I know that I'm uh, kind of working my adrenals a little too hard. Right? And it's
0: counterintuitive because you think that no, having that caffeine is going to give me that boost. Meanwhile, you feel anxious and exhausted at the same time. Why? Because mm-hmm. it's taxing your adrenal glands. It's sort of forcing mm-hmm. your adrenal glands to work at a time when it's depleted. And at the wrong time of day too. And so when it comes down to the evening, you're up. Same with the person who, let's say, works out at night. In your 20s and 30s, maybe you could do that. But once you get into your 50s, 60s, there's no really set age. It's not necessarily the best thing from an adrenal perspective, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. to be exercising late at night. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Now, compared to no exercise, if you have to choose, yeah, it might help. I mean – you know, it can help with sleep too. But I'm just saying from a burnout perspective, um, mm. most of the treatments that let's say I've worked on in clinic have largely been focused on bringing back that curve into more of a normal state. And I'm focusing on that like morning-night connection. Caffeine in the morning, it's very subjective. So different people react differently to caffeine. So I'm, I weigh about 120 120 to 130 pounds, somewhere in there. I'm not the biggest mm. guy in the world. Mm -hmm. So I can't handle as much caffeine. First of all, some people just can't handle caffeine at all. Mm -hmm. It's it's different. But Mm -hmm. if I weighed 200 pounds, probably I could handle a third or fourth cup. Mm -hmm. So it's all relative. You know your threshold. You know how Mm -hmm. you feel when you drink coffee. Just a lot of people aren't trained to necessarily look at it or pay attention to it. Tune into it. Yeah. So what I would encourage people to do, as sort of like a friendly tip, is start to pay attention. If you do drink coffee, how do you feel after that second cup? Are you Do you generally feel energized or after that cup, do you feel tired? Because if you feel tired after that cup, it's counterintuitive. You might want to reevaluate when you're having coffee and how much of it or Mm -hmm. any caffeine source for that matter. Here's another thing you might want to consider Mm
2: -hmm.
0: is that with chronic stress, you burn through a lot of nutrients, particularly B vitamins. Uh, Vitamin C is another one. You do other things too, like zinc and you need Mm -hmm. amino acids and so forth. But B vitamins in particular, when you're going through, metabolism and you're trying to convert like sugar into energy, you mentioned ATP in the last video on the chronic fatigue mm-hmm. sort of uh,
1: depression, one. Yeah.
0: depression one, when you're taking sugar and you're trying to convert into energy in the body, you actually need nutri- a lot of nutrients in order to do that, particularly B vitamins. And when you metabolize, when you break down chemicals in the body, like caffeine in the liver, you also have to use some of these nutrients And caffeine is also a diuretic, so you're naturally pulling out water Mm -hmm. and other things from your body and electrolytes and so forth. Mm -hmm. So with caffeine, you're getting into a situation that you could be dehydrated. You could be pulling out electrolytes, which also kind of drop your energy, especially later on in the day. And you're depleting your B vitamins, first of all, from the caffeine, but then also whatever you're putting in your coffee, like sugar. You're putting sugar Mm -hmm. in your coffee. Then also, how much sugar are you putting in your coffee and how much is okay? I don't really have Mm -hmm. an answer. Ideally, none of us should be using it at all. It's, it's, it's Mm -hmm. poison, Mm -hmm. but I've spoken to many, many, many people and moderation. A lot of people believe that everything in moderation, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: people don't know what we don't know what moderation is. There's no
1: standard for that. No, there's no no like,
0: Hey, let's read the book on moderation and go, Oh, this is exactly what I'm supposed to do. Perfect. Have a conversation in Starbucks, just open-ended with everybody who comes to the sugar counter and say, you know, do you do you you know, just you gotta be careful of your sugar intake. They'll say, No, I'm good. I only use three packs. No, I'm good, I only right. use six packs. No, I'm good. I just pour it until uh you know, the cloud that <laughs> no, looks none. like an alligator yeah. appears in the sky, and then I'm good. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I do about a pack, maybe a pack and a half. Mm-hmm. Is that good? Somebody who doesn't use sugar at all will be like, Holy cow, I can't believe you yeah. as an naturopathic doctor are putting me. that kind of chemical in your body. Yeah. You should be ashamed of yourself, you Doc be Hollywood. Of yourself. What are you doing? How dare well, you,
1: you usually use honey most of the time, right? I do. Yeah. 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 But it's then if you're using different.
0: honey, you're destroying all those beneficial compounds. Ah, oh, no, it's, no. A it's, <laughs> it's a maddening world.
1: It's a mad, mad, mad
0: world. Yeah. So it's all in context. And I think how you feel is important, but also you might want to look at that people who get really mm-hmm. anxious. Uh, mm-hmm. So when it comes to mental health and diet,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, sugar and caffeine can play a huge role. And especially when you talk about adrenal thyroid, mm-hmm caffeine and sugar intake. So Dr. Rob and Corey Davis talk about hyperactive kids and why breakfast might actually be the most important meal of the day. When you look at kids who have ADD, ADHD,
1: Mm -hmm. um, on stimulants, if they're taking the stimulant drug,
0: dyes in their food, food colorings and sugars and refined carbohydrates. These are all energy sources that where it spikes their blood sugar and then it drops. Mm -hmm. And so they have these Mm -hmm. crazy up and down swings. Yeah of energy, but also they're a kid, they're not an adult, so they naturally have more energy Tooth, So they're naturally also jumping around and they're active and they're, mm-hmm. so it interacts with them a little bit differently. And so their level of attention span is completely off. Mm-hmm. Now you take that same scenario and you put it into the person who's in their thirties, who now can't react in the same way as they did in their twenties. Ooh, you got a problem. You're, you mm-hmm. get burnt pretty easily.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I think caffeine absolutely matters. Sugar matters and what you're doing in the morning matters. And also what you eat in the morning matters. Breakfast mm-hmm. is the most important time of the day. There might be several points that have merit uh, regarding that statement. Now, if you're fasting or if you don't believe in it, it's fine. But you can't go on like that forever. You need mm. you need nutrient dense foods to support adrenal
1: health and and sleep. This, if I'm not mistaken, Rob, like isn't that the other essential ingredient? Is if you're that's not that's the other side well, of it.
0: Absolutely. Right? So you need that inverse relationship in the evening, early evening. You should already be starting to wind down. Mm-hmm. and you should be in a calmer state. But most of us aren't. Mm-hmm. We're anxious. We can't sleep. We stay up late. And there's other psychological reasons for it, too. I have kids. You get home. You're, 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 you're tired. You probably could sleep.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But then, of course, you got to prepare food. or, or you know, Your kids, they have so much energy when they get home, so they expect you at your best. When you're not, you're at your worst. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, seeing them gives you energy, but it's also taxing. Then by the time you put them to bed, everything gets 9.30 – you just want that hour, an hour and a half, three hours, five hours to yourself. So you end up, you, you stay up till midnight, one o'clock. Ugh, and then the whole day begins by Friday, you're warped. And then over yeah. the course of years, and here's the other thing too, if you don't nourish your adrenal glands over time, when your adrenals get burnt out, that's why they mm-hmm. call it adrenal burnout, which isn't mm-hmm. a real diagnosis, but it, a lot of naturopaths and nutritionists use it. Yeah. Eventually your thyroid gland tries to compensate and then it can't do the job as well. That's sort of the simplistic way of putting it. That's when you start getting thyroid problems. The thyroid starts cuckering out. Now your thyroid hormone doesn't work as well. And that's also another reason why a lot of people who have, let's say, underfunctioning thyroid gland, they might get thyroid medication from their doctor. Mm -hmm. They don't really feel better. Their lab values go up. They have thyroid hormone now, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't work as well. They don't Mm -hmm. start... Losing the weight from an underfunctioning thyroid gland. They don't start, so thyroid hormone, it's a metabolic hormone. It helps you burn fat, it helps with temperature regulation. So, a lot of the times, if you have an underfunctioning thyroid gland, you might have uh, cold hands and feet, dry brittle mm. hair, skin, and nails, other symptoms too. Uh, infertility also kind of can play a role in mm. uh, thyroid. Mm. Um, actually, Dr. David Wong, he's a naturopathic doctor here I, I've been working with. And he's been in practice for 25 years. He gave me an amazing, amazing example of uh, when, uh, fertility case. When somebody's trying to conceive, when you look at uh, uh, chickens, when, when the chick eggs hatch, okay, mm-hmm. if you ever find eggs, like in elementary school, we found eggs. I don't know if you, this has ever happened to you. We've had eggs and you have to try and make them hatch without the mother. You ever do oh, this? Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. No, yeah.
0: I, I'm actually amazed. I always ask this. Everyone's gone through it. It's almost like it was planned. It was staged by the school.
2: Right. To As me. an education.
0: Well, what's the, what's the simple thing that you need? If the mother's not there, if you want those eggs to hatch, what do you need?
2: Yeah. Remember? Yeah. Warmth.
0: Yeah. The thyroid gland is your warmth. If the thyroid gland isn't working uh. properly, so a lot of infertility cases, they don't think about the thyroid gland. Now, this isn't medical advice. It's just something to consider. Speak with your doctor about it. It might be something that's overlooked because mm-hmm. they don't think about it. And I write about this in my book. Actually, I talk a lot about this when it comes to thyroid, adrenal, mm-hmm. inflammation, hmm but they're all connected and um, mm. I think that's where lifestyle, but yeah, I mean, the short answer is really, I look at a person's day, I take a step yeah. back, I like doing that and seeing where are they at. Analyzing their dietary, which is another thing I talk about in the book and sort of, mm-hmm. um, by the way, I've been actually thinking with the book of just mm-hmm. slapping it on Amazon. I do need to learn a lot more about that, but I might actually just put it on Amazon and not wait any longer.
1: I know a lot of friends that have done that, it and it's been either they don't sell much or at least it gets it out there in some way that I they can so. start marketing
0: it. You know? At least then I can start to get feedback and, and point people yeah. towards it, but yeah, I'll try and pump out as much value on this thing as I can anyway.
1: Badass. This would be part of the promotion. Badass. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it, so is there any rule of thumb for sleep? And obviously there's a lot of sleep supplements that are out there. Uh, Melatonin is one that I'm usually really cautious of, right? Like, yes. I, do with a lot I of people couldn't that are agree with- more. Adrenal fatigue and they're like oh, I've been taking melatonin and the things that I've seen regarding melatonin is it's it's similar to at least I like to liken it to um, for people that have used SSRI drugs you know basically you're, you're making extra ton- extra melatonin stay in the synapses longer artificially um, therefore you're getting these kind of um, temporary benefits and then eventually the body will will say, well we've got plenty here we don't need to necessarily make as much. There's a homeostatic mechanism that the body goes and it starts reducing the cell receptor sites for that particular hormone or neurotransmitter, or um, yes, all sorts of biological changes are happening. And and I've seen similar things with the pituitary gland, which is responsible for converting your serotonin into melatonin, creating that sleep cycle. And when you insert a synthetic, or even if it's a plant-derived, which you know it's hard to tell. Uh, nowadays with where your melatonin's coming from, but I'd say the vast majority of it isn't gonna be what's found in tart cherry juice, which is the only true, that I've seen, natural melatonin source that one can take that's in a whole food.
0: So ginger, Um, by the way, as another side, also contains natural uh, melatonin.
1: Love it. So let's say you did a ginger tart cherry uh, concentrate shot at the end of the night, that might be a nice little assistant, but for the vast majority of just melatonin supplements, Rob, what do you think? Let's say somebody took that on a regular basis and they came in. Not you. a fan. I'm not okay. a fan
0: at all. Now, that's not to say if somebody sleep is so important. If you're just not getting sleep, you have there's many reasons why somebody doesn't get sleep.
2: Mm-hmm. Grief. Mm-hmm. Uh
0: there's there's extreme situations where people just can't sleep. We've all been there in one way or another. We just all have.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And sometimes you get through it and sometimes you don't.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh
0: Seeking help from maybe a psychotherapist or somebody that can really give you that mental emotional support is a great one. I think in those situations, compared to pharmaceutical alternatives, melatonin is so safe. Yes. But I am with you. Ultimately, I don't like taking any hormones, even glandulars, adrenal glandulars, thyroid glandulars. This is where they take a gland, like the adrenal gland or thyroid glands from, let's say, pig source, pork source.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And they grind it up. It's called desiccated, desiccated thyroid, mm-hmm. desiccated adrenal.
1: There's you commonly feel- used with naturopaths. Absolutely.
0: And you could feel great on it. But my personal feeling is that if you gave that to anybody, they would feel great. So there's Mm -hmm. situations where you can use it and get benefits without the side effects of let's say drugs, or Mm -hmm. the same side effects. So they're safer in that regard. But I'm with you 100%. I think hormones, these things are released on a very pulsatile manner. They're released according to need and you don't want to mess around with your natural hormone response at all cost is my, is mm, my opinion. Wow.
1: Okay. So that's a very I, superior position to not supplement. Even bioidentical hormones like men taking progest- progesterone. I don't like it at all. At okay. all, at all, at wow. all. For
0: those, I'm not saying don't take it, but my mm. position is you don't want to mess around with these hormones. Now in extreme mm. cases, if you're comparing it to pharmaceutical drugs and you're at that stage where you're either going to take one or the other, Yeah. you know, speak to your doctor about that. But my, my, um, you know, just because as you age, let's say testosterone is lower, that mm-hmm. doesn't mean that giving you testosterone is the right thing. There's no telling what it'll do in the body. Mm-hmm. Aging is not restricted to just low testosterone. There's a million things going on in the human body that's wrong mm-hmm. as we age. Mm-hmm. So you can't just give a hormone and, and expect that, oh, you know, I should be taking testosterone. No, uh, we should be trying to cure the aging process you know, with some mm-hmm. other complex approach or some technological advancement that allows us to do it. Testosterone's mm-hmm. not gonna do it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, there's isolated cases, again, those you should speak to your doctor about, but no, I think for sleep, for for most people, the way mm-hmm. I look at it is, again, through you want to capitalize on melatonin. How do you do that? You want to try and focus on what you're doing in the day.
2: Mm-hmm. So have
0: a look at what you're doing in the day is the best tip that I can. Have a look at your diet and where it stands in the day. Have a look at your activities. Have a look at your mental state.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You might feel horrible, but are you feeling horrible the entire day? Maybe. Or is mm-hmm. it just portions? Is it worse in the morning, worse at night? You have to ask yourself these questions. And if you see a naturopathic doctor, they will ask you these questions. Mm-hmm. So that's a good recommendation to actually see a naturopathic doctor about that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you wanna be looking at those and trying to, st- trying to ideally structure your day the way that it should be. Even though you're not mm-hmm. living an ideal situation to try mm-hmm. and mimic that, yeah, will help with your natural production of melatonin. If you could get to the point where now your morning starts off as more of an anxious kind of high situation, but you're mm. supporting it through lifestyle and various options. And then throughout the day, you're focusing very hard on trying to calm yourself down from early on, let's say in the afternoon. Mm. By the time you reach that point, especially mm. if you're successful over a, or a constant period of time, naturally you're going to start to find that your mm. sleep gets a lot better. And I think you can use herbs, supplements, diet very effectively. And often it's a matter of just avoidance, avoiding the things that'll set you off. So if you are in an anxious situation, Mm -hmm. avoiding things like sugar, dyes, certain foods that you might be sensitive to, Mm -hmm. even though you might not be able to get rid of that grief, you might not be able to tackle whatever is really aching you at a mental, emotional level, you can at least avoid a lot of those triggers that'll just set you off. And often those are the triggers that you crave the most. Mm
2: -hmm. So when you're Mm -hmm. dealing with
0: stress, you're craving sugar, you're craving salty, you're craving, whatever it is, alcohol, whatever you're doing, um, Mm -hmm. whatever vice you have, that might be the one thing that you might want to look at. But again, that's way more complex than what I can possibly bring. I could spend all day on this, but you should speak to your doctor for sure.
1: Yeah. And like you you always advocate for that nutrient rich diet, uh, especially in, of course you have to have the amino acid precursor for melatonin, which is tryptophan. That's Mm got to be in your diet in order to convert it into um serotonin and that conversion happens through making sure you have sufficient levels of vitamin c b6 zinc turkey that's another essential nutrient (laughs) quinoa you know
0: you can get it a lot from food get it from food you know don't you don't need to go and take tryptophan you can Mm
2: -hmm.
0: you can take Mm -hmm. five htp and all that uh to help with these things but
1: i'd say generally look at your diet yeah go to If you're responding to melatonin therapy if it's working for you and you don't want to take it long term because you might be afraid that you're becoming addicted to it or your body you know addiction of course is just a it's a a homeostatic uh, getting used to a substance being there and therefore the body just has a feedback mechanism says well i've already got melatonin there i don't necessarily need to to make more of it so if that's yeah your concern then having enough b6 which is found in plentiful amounts of green leafy vegetables um, some other you know, grains, things like that. I don't advocate eating as much grains, but leafy greens, great source of your B6. Um, yeah, Your zinc, of course, coming from magnesium, seeds, magnesium, manganese, hemp
0: hearts. It's like the list yep. goes on and on and on, my friend. Here's another, here's another valuable tip I think that people can take. And this yeah. is another reason why you should speak with your doctor. If you're seeing a naturopathic doctor, nutritionist, a dietitian, whatever. Knowing this, you'll be able to help them do their job better ranking your mood on, on regular visits is a very powerful mm. tool. So mm. often a woman who's in menopause, a man who's in antropause, your mood swings are up and down like crazy. So you take a supplement and you might feel great initially. It might be placebo. It might not be. But then a few weeks later, you're down again. and You say, oh, the supplement isn't doing anything. Why am I wasting my money on this? And then a week later, you feel good. Oh, yeah, no, I'm so glad I got off uh, this or that supplement. I tried this one. It's working like a charm. Oh, wait, it's doing nothing. I'm so fed up by the whole thing. You go up and down. You're hot one minute, cold mm-hmm. the next. A, a, a valuable tool is to have somebody else look at you from the outside in, and they'll show you. They'll be like, oh, but but, hey, core, you, know, you just told me last week that you were feeling a 7 out of 10 there. So, look, it's doing something. I think we should stay the course. Or, you know, you're mm-hmm. right. I've noticed that you need mm-hmm. – this is where uh, sometimes just – self-medicating and self you know, having somebody else to look. It's like looking at a chess game from the outside in, you'll see something mm-hmm. the players don't see.
2: Mm-hmm. That's
0: one of the most valuable things I could offer. And that's why you're paying the money.
1: Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the only way to really see those things. That's the, that's the crux of it. Yeah. That's why practitioners Absolutely. are important because you cannot see all of the things. <laughs>
0: no. And, and the more, you know, the worse of a patient you become, you don't want to seek help, <laughs> you, you know, too much, but at the end of the mm-hmm. day, the, the fact of the matter is, we all know way too little. Mm-hmm. That's just true. Just the fact of like, the more we know, the the, the less we know.
2: Yeah, it's, it's the true. oldest
1: saying in the book, right? I love it. Yeah, Rob, I'm with you, man. And uh, having been, having had to deal with uh, adrenal fatigue in oh, my life. Oh, Sam, I have as well. I, you it's, have it's, as well. Oh yes, it's several times. Awful. It can be so debilitating, unbelievably Absolutely. challenging, and it can take a long time to recover from. I've seen have you ever had a panic attack? Years. Yes, I have. Unfortunately, you.
0: The yeah, I have. I, I woke up Oof. in the middle of life gasping. I, I thought I was going to die of suffocation. I couldn't breathe.
1: Wow. Amazing. There you go. You think I was stress-related? For No question. Yeah. It's no amazing. question. Stress is truly... You, just, you reach your
0: breaking point, right? And then you break.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. You can only bend so much.
1: <laughs> yeah. We're only built to handle so much, right? You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's um. Well, thanks, Rob. Yeah, this is uh, phenomenal for people who either if they're coming in through the depression door or feeling like they just can't keep up enough energy no matter how much stimulation they're taking on and or maybe have problems sleeping. Like these are all ways to invoke adrenal fatigue. You come from so many different uh, places in life where you may be in a deficit, uh, nutrient deficit, sleep deficit, um, having to rely on some other external energy resources can tax the adrenals and can cause massively devastating outcomes if you don't watch it. I I'd prefer to catch somebody right at the beginning of the stages of this stuff, Rob, wouldn't you, where, where you're just now entering a lifestyle that's creating this, this problem with the cycle like you're talking about, where their cortisol is up at night and down during the day. It's so much more effective to just do small steps of preventative medicine than to catch it after you crash. Uh, and have to deal with the fact that you may even want to come into work, you know, that day. You may feel like your relationship is in a failure state. You, it is that drastic of of a change within your your perspective yeah. and your energetic body, uh, having to go through that. That it's it's worth every bit to to make this idea that Rob's putting forth a cycle, uh, taking care of that, stewarding that, so that you can prevent prevent a crash. For sure, and you know, if you
0: are if you are looking at the, uh, the root of supplementation. First of all, the video we put up on herbs and different quality distinctions and what to look for, that's mm. a really good kind of place to start. I think to give people a better mm. idea of just how complex it is. It's not as easy as just walking to a health food store mm. and asking somebody. Sometimes they know a lot, but use these videos as a resource if you can. Mm. Supplements Coach, the service you're offering to help bring clarity to a lot of these supplements, that's, that's so valuable to so many people. So that you know, you know, your doctor will give you a, you know, a plan, comprehensive, but once you make that decision to go in and get certain things, it's important that you have some good guidance on sort of where to look in terms of supplements. Don't just take your doctor's word in terms of a name or a brand or something because often they get their information from sales reps. They don't get it in medical mm-hmm. school. Mm-hmm. So I'm not mm-hmm. advocating don't go to your doctor, go to your doctor, you should go to your doctor. Uh, we're not your doctor here. We're just <laughs> compadres having fun and discussing about something we're passionate about. Mm-hmm. But getting at least guidance on sort of quality distinctions, what sets different supplements apart, having mm-hmm. like a supplement coach program is that's mm-hmm. so useful. So um, thanks, Rob.
1: Yeah, I'm glad yeah, you're out there. Hopefully people got some help out of this. And thanks once again for the journey, my friend. It's uh, as, yeah, as usual, I, I, fantastic. Absolutely. Cool, man. <laughs> Look forward to the next one. Let's yeah. go.